What an honor to be here. What a beautiful place. And uh, my goodness, thank the Lord. Hadn't he been good to y'all? Amen. And uh, I'm glad to be in the ministry uh, for such a time as this. And uh, you, ever, you ever look around and think, boy, I think I'd have done a better job if God had called me and I'd have been living around the 50s or the 60s. A little, little too outdated for this generation that we're in. But the Lord called you for this generation, for this hour. And uh, I bless his name for it. I'm, I'm honored that he lets me do this. Uh, run off and uh, forgot my shoes, uh, my dress shoes. I got, I got, uh, I got, uh, uh, whose shoes do I have on? I got Ethan's shoes on. Uh, they're a little tight on my feet. <clears throat> Run off and forgot my songbook, and I don't sing much anyhow, but when I do, I don't ever know what key it is. And uh, run off and forgot my songbook, and uh, run off and forgot my hanky too, but the preacher told me he had one up here. And, uh, <clears throat> but, but I didn't run off and forget my appetite. And so... <clears throat> I'm looking forward to the steak in a minute. Somebody holler amen right there. Thank you. <clears throat> I did not forget that. And uh, I, I bless the Lord. Uh, I want you to take your Bibles with me tonight. The book of 1 Samuel chapter number 16. 1 Samuel and the 16th chapter uh, tonight. And uh, I want to read 13 verses. We'll look around in some different places uh, in this text, but 1 Samuel chapter number 16. Let's stand all over the building, if you will, tonight. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go if Saul hear it? He will kill me. And the Lord said, Take an heifer with thee, and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do, and thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves, and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons, and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass, when they were come, that he looked on Eliab, and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. He said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made Shammah to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. I want you to notice the emphasis of that, the youngest. I don't know if this is good English, but it'll work. The littlest boy is out in the field. We've got a little fellow out there. You want to talk about him. Behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. I'm not going to preach this right here, but it's a good place to implement it. We know David's a type of Christ. And Samuel, the preacher, said, We're not going to sit down till, till the type of Christ shows up. Boy, it will be a good idea for some preachers for some men of God to say, Jesus is coming. We're not going to sit down on our message. We're not going to sit down on our preaching till Jesus shows up. I think I'm just going to go with God tonight. We're not going to sit down till he come hither. Verse 12, and he sent and brought him. We're reading down to verse 13. Sent and brought him in 
Now he was ruddy and with all of a beautiful countenance and good to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. The Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went down to Ramah. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I come before you tonight. And what a blessing, Lord. What a privilege it is to be here with these folks in this place. God, thank you for Brother Curtis Cravens. Thank you for his friendship. Thank you for the Canaan Baptist Church and college. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd bless them tonight. I pray, God, for all the preachers that stood. I pray, God, you'd lay your hand on them in these days, their wives, their ministries. God, I pray for every Christian that's here tonight. Thank you, Lord, for, for faithful Christians. God, just say, I'm not a preacher, but somebody said they're having church. And uh, you don't have to be a preacher to go to church. Lord, thank you, God, for some folks that are interested in meeting on a Friday night around the Word of God, around the people of God. Lord, would you help us tonight? God, would you preach to our hearts? Lord, help me, uh, Lord, not to get, uh, Lord, get beyond you and help me not to be behind you, Lord. Just help me be where you want me to be and say what you want me to say tonight. I thank you for it in Christ's name. All the Lord's people said, Amen. You can be seated. I, I, I don't always do it this way. But if you'll help me, and no doubt if the Lord will help me tonight, I'm going to slow down a little bit and take my time and work through just a handful of verses and bring out a thought that the Lord gave me this week. I preached at one other place, and that's my church, and uh, never had preached it anywhere else before. I guess that's dangerous, but... I'd rather mind the Lord than uh, try to come somewhere with something that I would prefer. And I believe the Lord helped me, and I, I want you to get some help out of it as well. There are, uh, in the life of David, in these particular next few verses and chapters, there are some lessons that are worth learning. I'm not going to preach all of them tonight. But no doubt there's a whole lot to learn. We know that David was not a perfect man, though he is a type of Christ. He's not a fulfillment of Christ. He's not a perfect man. Uh, but thank God the Christ is. And uh, he fulfilled everything David was trying to fulfill. Jesus has fulfilled that. I'm glad, thank God, I have a perfect Savior tonight. But David does teach us some things. He's not always trying to, but the Holy Ghost uses David as a vessel to teach you and I some truths. I, I want to talk to some preachers tonight. I want to talk to some men in the ministry. David teaches us some things about the ministry. I uh, want to say to you there are some lessons in David's life worth learning. I won't preach all of them to you. I won't give about three of them to you and I'll go back and preach one of them tonight. That'll be all right. I, first of all, some lessons worth learning in David's life. And this is, I'll go back and preach this tonight. But I, I want to say to you the first lesson that I'm interested in is uh, learning to be little. David teaches us that. <clears throat> Learning to be little is a lesson that David teaches you and I. Here's another lesson. I won't preach it, but you can look into it and see if the Lord will show you something out of it. Learning to be loved is a lesson that you and I, especially as preachers in the ministry, need to learn. Because they'll say stuff about you that's not even necessarily true. And if you're not careful, man, you'll go to believe in stuff they say about us. Really ain't even all that true. David killed Goliath and they began singing songs about David. And a lesser man than David would let them write songs and books about him. They say stuff like, Saul has slain his thousands, David his tens thousands. And I'm going to tell you something, maybe later on that would happen Maybe there was some prophecy in that song, but when they started singing that song, it wasn't true about David. Right. Yeah. Right. 
And if we and you're not careful and we don't learn these lessons, as preachers, we'll let people say stuff about us because they love us. That's not even true. And if we're not careful, we'll go to believe in what they say about us. You're going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble when we go to believe in what folks say about us and how good we are. We're going to be loved. People, you, you can't preach the gospel. Now let me say this. Not everybody's going to love you. But you can't walk down in hell with the gospel message, the bloodstained banner, and the word of God and preach it. And some poor sinner on their way to hell hears it and gets saved. You can't do that without somebody loving you. You can't go down to the graveside and, 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 and pray with a family and be there on the darkest day of their life except that God will knit their heart to you and make them to love you like nobody ever has. But you and I will have to learn how to be loved. Huh? You say, preacher, I didn't know how to learn how to be loved. You do, I do, because if you don't, you'll let what they say about you go to your head and you'll start believing it to be true. And the truth of the matter is, is you ain't as good as they think you are and you ain't as good as you want them to think you are. It don't matter how long you've been preaching. It don't matter how long you've been in the Bible. It don't matter how long you've been in church. You was on your way to hell when Jesus found you. You'd be in hell had he not found you. And all that you are is by the grace of God. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. You'll have to learn how to be loved. Or you'll start loving yourself. I probably ought not say this. I'm not against Facebook. I'm just not on it because I can't handle it. I'm not, that's why I, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not against it. I'm not trying to tell you, but, but I can't handle it because I, so, so much stuff people say go to your head. You know, because preachers will say stuff like this. I got to be careful. I, I, I got too much liberty and I don't know y'all like that. But they'll say stuff like this. Tell me who is your favorite preacher. And they'll put that on Facebook. You know what they're saying? Please, somebody say that my name. Put my name in the category when you do that. Huh? Y'all tell me your favorite preacher. What they're saying, I need, some, I, need some, I need somebody to tell me that you love me. Had learned to be loved. Here's something else, some lessons from David's life. Not everybody did love him. And me and you will have to learn to be loathed. L-O-A-T-H-E-D, loathed, hated in the ministry. I got news for you. And I, I, listen, I am not the epitome of knowing anything about the ministry. I've been at my place about 14 years and I've been preaching, I don't know, about 16, 17, 18, I don't know how many years it's been, but it's been long enough to learn this much. I had to get over real quick that everybody is going to love me because everybody's not going to love me. As a matter of fact, there's some folks in my town don't know nothing about me, but they hate me. And if you're going to walk around trying to make everybody, and I know how it is. I want folks to love me, I do. I want them in my town to love me. I want them in my family to love me. I want them in my church to love me. But not everybody's going to love you. If you're going to be God's man, you're going to have to learn how to be hated and stay God's man and not change. Saul hated David and David didn't quit being who David was. And David didn't act like Saul was acting to retaliate. There's some battles God will ask you to fight, but they usually won't be your battles. God will let you walk down in a valley and look at a giant that you never could kill on your own and slay that giant in the valley. God will let you go to war against Philistines, but God will make you sit quietly when Saul is breathing down your neck. You'll fight, your, you'll fight God's battles. And then you'll have to be a Christian on your battles. Absalom took his throne and David walked out and said, well, let him have it. God didn't, God gave it to me. 
And if God wants me to get it back, he'll give it back. And David had no problem picking up a sword and fighting the Philistine. David had no problem picking up a sword and fighting the giant. David had no problem picking up a sword and fighting an enemy. But David would not fight his own battles. He let God do that business. You'll have to learn how to be hated. Shimei, was it Shimei? Been a little while since I read on that far. But Shimei got to cussing David uh, and, and them mighty men of David was standing there and you know one of them boys, you know one of them boys had a spirit from a, of a fellow from Jamestown, Tennessee and said, Preacher, David King, we'll, we'll cut his tongue out of his head and hang it to the doorpost of the city and tell anybody who wants to talk about you, try it. And you know what David said? Let him cuss. It may be the Lord sent him. David wouldn't fight his battles. He'd fight God's battles. That's so good. That's a lesson. And it's a hard one to learn. But you'll have to learn how to be loved. And you'll have to learn how to be loathed. Oh, that's hard for me to learn how to be hated. I don't want nobody to hate me. But if you're going to serve God, they're going to. Let me say something else to the preacher since we're in here just for a minute tonight. Let me say something else to They're going to leave you. Boy, it's a big old pulpit. I don't know where to go. I like it. Those beautiful. I ain't never seen a pulpit that big except I preached for a fellow in Alabama. And this ain't no lie. This man was six foot seven and they built a pulpit to spec for him. That's what I look like behind his pulpit. Barely see over. Uh, let me just throw this out here at you while we're while we're in here. Is, that, is this all right? Y'all all right? Uh, they're gonna hate you anyhow. They're gonna fight you anyhow. If and it don't matter. You you can be the, you can be the most legalistic man in town. Somebody's gonna fight you. You can be the most liberal man in town. They're going to fight you and get mad at you and leave. Go down to the liberal church for a little while. They, they're people down there too. And they'll get mad and fight and leave you. So, so here's my thought. If they're going to get mad and leave you, not everybody's going to like you. Be what God wants you to be. Stand for what God says stand for. And fight for what God says fight for. Because they're going to get mad and leave you anyhow if they're going to. If you're going to fight, why don't you fight for the right thing? Right. That's good. Here's a lesson worth learning. Here's what I want to preach to you tonight. Learning how to be little. Now, when we find David in our text, this is not a lesson at the beginning that David's got to learn. He's not learning how to be little when we find him in 1 Samuel chapter number 16. Because as the Bible shows us, David is little. That's all he's ever been up until this point. See, you don't have to learn how to be little until you become large. David's been little. I'll tell you how I know it. He's Jesse's little boy. Samuel said, Jesse, go get me all your boys. Bring them in here. We're going, God sent me down here. And he didn't tell him all the details, but God sent me down here. And, and Samuel don't, or Jesse don't know exactly why the prophet's there, but he's got some kind of idea. And he starts with the oldest and the biggest, and he brings him before Samuel. But he don't even bother with David. Because David is Jesse's little boy. And he's all right with that. That's all he's ever been, is little. You, 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 when God found you, you was a nobody. Y'all know that, right? You, you, you didn't know. Some of y'all, some, some of you, some of you is brought up in church in Sunday school and you knew about Daniel and the lion's den and David and Goliath and, and you knew a few Sunday school stories but you didn't know. You, you didn't know Christ as your Savior. You was a nobody. Some of you didn't know who Daniel, you didn't know what, they said they were going to have dinner on the ground. You thought everybody's going to sit down on the ground outside. You didn't know what any church language meant. He's nobody, he's little. Yeah. 
And that was all right. You didn't have to learn to be that. You don't have to teach a baby how not to be able to walk. You don't have to teach a baby how to be able to cry. You don't have to teach a baby how to be small. That's all they know how to be is little because that's what they are. He was Jesse's little boy. He was uh, Eliab and Abinadab and Shammah's little brother. That's all he'd ever been. David knew how to be little. He was a little, the son of Jesse. He was the little brother of them boys. He's a little shepherd over a few sheep. He's little. There wasn't nobody talking highly of Jesse or David. Wasn't nobody thinking much of David. David was a little man. He was a little fellow. I'm talking about not in stature or size, but I'm talking about in his position of who he was. Nobody had to teach David how to be little until God started doing big things in his life. Let me show you where some largeness came into David's life. Let me show you where things begin to pick up in David's life to the point where he's going to have to learn a lesson on being little. Notice in chapter number 16 tonight and verse number 13. Here he is and he's Jesse's little boy and they send word to him and they say, David, we don't know what's going on but your daddy sent word that you need to come back to the house. And he comes back to the house and there he stands in the, in the presence of the Samuel, the prophet of Israel. He stands before his daddy and his brothers and there he is, he's a little brother, he's a little son, he's a little shepherd. And Samuel looks at him and God the Holy Ghost says, this is he. Now them boys don't know what this is he means because Samuel's keeping this secretive. But they know that the preacher didn't say that about them. And he takes that horn of oil and he pours that oil on David and the oil of the, of the, of, of, of the prophet Samuel drips down the head of David. David is anointed that day to be king one day. David don't understand all of that, but I'm going to tell you something about that anointing. God is putting his power on David to do something that David never could do on his own. Up until this point, David had operated in his own power. David did not need God's power to do what David was doing in the sense that he was about to experience it. But God now has poured out his power on David. I'm going to tell you something about the power of God. I don't know everything there is to know about it, neither do you. But I know this much, if you're not careful, God will do such big things in your life with his power that you'll think you did it. If you're not careful, we'll be like Samson. Samson lived his whole life with the power of God to the point where Samson laid his head down in Delilah's lap after having told her what it was that gave him that power. Because Samson had lived with that power so long that he couldn't differentiate and discern what was him and what was God. Preachers, listen to me. You get up Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night preaching the power of God. God show up and help you and you know good and well. You know good and well it ain't because you're good. You know good and well it ain't because you've done something to deserve it or to merit it. But God has shown favor on you and God has been kind and God has a purpose in your life and you do that long enough if you're not careful you'll forget that it's God and start thinking it's you. Things are changing in David's life. He's going to have to learn how to be little now because of power. See, the power changed his title. It, it changed who he was. It brought the anointing in his life. And, and, and notice verse 13 said, In the midst of his brethren. It had been one thing enough if it had just been David out there with them handful of sheep. Yeah. And God put his hand on him. Brother Curtis, he did it in the midst of his brethren. Are y'all hearing me? God did something special for David 
in the midst of his brethren. You ever sing and God put his hand on you with power? You ever preach and God put... Listen to me, I remember the first time I preached. I remember standing up, I preached about six minutes. I was 16 years old and I remember standing up and preaching and, and the Lord helped me. I know he did, but boy, I struggled, you know. And, 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 but I remember the first time I'd been preaching a little while. I remember a Sunday morning, I was preaching in my hometown of Ringgold, Georgia, where I'm originally from. I remember that morning I was preaching in a local church and the Holy Ghost of God put his hand on me. And I remember preaching in the power of God. He gave me a tape. Brother Shane, I went home and back back when they had tapes and I put that tape in that, in that little Ford uh, Ranger and I listened to that tape over and over and over again and listened to what it was like to preach it. Don't act like you preach it anymore. See, that is taking David from being little. Power. I, 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 I'll explain it to you like this. In the next chapter, David's, David's daddy says, David, I want you to go over to the battle. Your brother's over there fighting the battle and Saul, the king's over there. I want you to take bread to them. I want you to see how they fare. I want you to check on them. And uh, I, I want you to go and David goes and there he stands before the king and he says, let me go down there and kill that giant. And Saul says, you're just a boy, you can't do that. And this is what David says. I remember a time I was watching my father's sheep and a lion came. And about that time, so did a bear at the same time. Now, that's bad enough to a lion. You, you, you ever been trying to serve God and a lion showed up and you thought, how in the world am I going to handle this lion and a bear come out the other end side? Huh? You thought, you thought pastoring in church was going to be prestigious and, and honorable and wonderful. And, and, and you was there about three months and the lion and the bear showed up on the same day. Somebody help me right there. That's where some of you's at right now. You, you're thanking God just to be in church where, where he's the one responsible for the lion and bear tonight. Huh? Yeah. That I left the lion and the bear at the house, preacher. I'll have to fight them when I get home. They're still down, Goliath's still down in the valley. He's still shouting and cussing, but, but I'm all right right now because I come over here to get some reinforcement. Huh? Here's what David tells Saul. Am I all right on time? Here's what David tells Saul. King. One day I was watching my father's sheep and a lion come in and got a lamb. And about that time a bear come in and, and I, I, I went after him. I went after him. I went after him. And, and I got the lion. Read you King James Bible in chapter 17. It said I got the lion by the beard. Got the lion by the beard and I, and I smote him. And I slew him. And I slew the bear. And I got that little lamb. And I took that little lamb back to the fold. I've always read that and thought, boy, David was a faithful little fella. I'm going to tell you something. I got to believe. Between the time David is anointed and between the time David's anointing, uh, David has gone back to being a shepherd. Uh, and I believe when he goes back to being a shepherd, uh, that oil has done been poured on him. Uh, and David's doing things that David ain't ever done before. I'm, let me talk honest with you. Unless you got a 50 caliber, unless you got a, unless you got some, I mean, some high octane artillery, you ain't going after a lion and a bear over one little lamb. He didn't have either one. Every time I find him, he had a rod and a staff. I ain't fighting a lamb, or I ain't fighting a lion with a rod. And I ain't going after a bear with a staff. Not in my power. But David wasn't operating in his power. And that lamb didn't belong to him. Whoo! That lamb wasn't his lamb. That was his father's lamb. 
And the Father had sent him out there to that field to take care of that lamb. And that wasn't David's lamb, honey. That was David's father's lamb. Those ain't your little lambs. Those are his lambs. And in his power, you can find a lion and a bear on the same day. And you'll do this number. Walking in on a Sunday morning, knowing there's a lion and a bear, and you done been over in the you done been over in the office, scared out of your mind, your stomach's turning. Uh, you you wondering how in the world am I going to do this? I thought preaching was going to be easy, but you walk into that meeting, uh, or you walk into that service, uh, and God will let you take the sword of the spirit of the word of God. He'll let you take the He'll let you take the weapons of your warfare, and He'll let you kill a lion and a bear and a giant. And when you operate in that kind of power, you'll have to learn how to be little. You didn't have to learn that before. But now you do. Are y'all hearing me? It ain't that you're somebody, but he's given you a high task and those are his lambs. And he's gonna give you everything you need to take care of his lambs. Listen, if you won't go after the lion and a bear, you're a hireling. Quit now, close your Bible, go to the house, go do something else. There ain't wrong with nothing wrong with doing something else if this ain't what you're called to do. But if this is what you're called to do and God's put you in a hornet's nest, go ahead and march down there in the power of God and be God's man. There's a little lamb down there that needs a preacher. That he's experienced power. Not only has he experienced power, I hope I'm all right on time. I really want to go get some steak, but boy, I'm having, I got liberty, I'm having a good time preaching. He's experienced promotion. <laughs> Not just power, but promotion. Chapter 16, after Samuel comes by and anoints him with oil, puts that power on him. You know what he does? He goes back to doing what he's always done. He goes back to tending his father's sheep. And he's out there tending those sheep and the Spirit of the Lord lands and lights upon and rests upon David and moves upon David and the Spirit of the Lord is removed from Saul. Saul's on his way out. And uh, David is on his way in. And uh, if you'll be patient, God will... Help you fight all them battles and he'll be moving. You won't be able to recognize it always, but he'll move Saul out. And he'll move you in. Most people leave too quick. About the time they find out it ain't easy to do this. Boy, I'm glad David didn't go nowhere. I told you, I was just going to slow down and take my time. The Bible's so good, you don't, I'm just going to trust it to do the job. David is out there with his father's sheep. Ethan, these shoes, they're, starting, they're breaking in. I'm sorry, they may, never, they may never fit you right again. I got a Shane Buck size shoe. Wide. Or foot. The length's perfect, man, but the, the width is it's really growing on me. It's helping. <laughs> David is out there at his father's sheep. And uh, the Spirit of the Lord removed from Saul, and he's losing his mind. Sin will do that to you, and he's irate. Losing his mind, and he's... Spirit of the Lord's removed from him. And the evil spirit, and I ain't got time to preach all this, but I don't know that I understand it all, but an evil spirit from the Lord has come upon him. 
And Saul is uh, inquiring, what can I do? And somebody says, I'll tell you what you need. You need somebody that knows how to play the harp and then play the harp when that evil spirit comes on you and it'll soothe you. Let me stop right here and say this. That's why we like singing in church before preaching because the music will run out them devils. It will. You come in here in a bad mood and devils are following around you and you've been, you've been fighting with the boss, fighting with the spouse and y'all go singing, oh, how I love Jesus and them old wicked thoughts will go out of your mind and you'll begin to think about him. And then you, you think, well, that's pretty good. And somebody breaks out and I know my name is there. And there is the fountain filled with blood. And you get to that second verse and they go to singing about that dying thief rejoice to see that fountain in his day. And somebody said, there may I, who violence he wash all my sins away. And you go from being down in the dumps to standing up shouting, thank God, I'm saved. Somebody around that place had some wisdom and said what you need what you need is a Holy Ghost filled man can play some music it'll help you well they Saul says well tell me who and somebody said I heard David and the Bible said he's cunning now sometimes that word can be taken bad but here's what that word means he's got knowledge He's skillful. He has learned how to play the the harp in a knowledgeable way. He knows what he's doing. Let me say something. If if you know what you're doing, if you've learned something, hey, preachers, boy, I'm taking a long time. I ain't meaning to. But but, but, but it ain't going to hurt you to learn something. It ain't going to hurt you to learn something. But if you learn something, don't let what you learned make you think you're better than you was before you learned something. You ought to learn something. Christian, you ought to learn something about this book. You ought to learn how to preach it, preacher. You ought to learn how to stand on it. You ought to learn how to stand with it. You ought to learn how to lean on it. But once you've learned something, don't think you've made it somewhere that you get too big. There's a whole lot of good preachers was good preachers when they was little. Yeah. And you can't stand to be around them no. now that they've learned something. Yeah. That's right, ain't it? Man. Thank God you went to Bible college and you're going to Bible college. You need to go to Bible college. And you'd be grateful that God put that ability in your life. Thank God for it. I went. I thank God for it. I'm going to tell you something. What I learned in Bible college is how to finish what I started. What I learned in Bible college is how to be faithful to what God's asked me to do. What I learned in Bible college uh, is to go after the call of God that he's played on my, placed on my life. That tell you something else I learned when I got out of Bible college that just because I went to Bible college don't mean it changed who I was or who I am. Get you some degrees and don't let it change you. Promotion. David is talented, and talent will get you somewhere. And God gives talent. And that's all right because that's his business. But don't you forget that he gave it. I'm hurrying, I'm hurrying, I'm hurrying. I started preaching at seven. I've been preaching, good gracious, I've been preaching 36 minutes. Are y'all all right? That bad, is it? I preach an hour at the house. I'm, but I'm trying to be nice because I'm at the house. And we got steak over there. Praise the Lord. Y'all got about 15 more minutes for real. I need you to see this. I drove a long way to say it to you. I need you to see it. If I go preaching too long, you tell me. Promotion. Talent promoted him. His testimony promoted him. Somebody had taken notice of his testimony. And they said, Saul, I know a man. If you'll keep yourself clean and pure and right, and it's all right for you to be on the backside of a desert somewhere and nobody know who you are. 
Now that's all right. Don't put yourself out there on the internet trying to promote yourself. Put your picture out. People call me and ask me for my picture to put them in a meeting. That's all right because people do that. But, but don't put your own picture out everywhere all the time. I mean, we do that in our church because I pastor in that town. And people in, there, in my town need to be able to see who the preacher is. And, and I, try to, I try to make myself known in my town. But, but don't put yourself out there trying to make everybody know who you are. You live pure. You live right. You be faithful. You put your nose in that book. You stay by the stuff. And somewhere on the back side of your desert, while you're watching your father's sheep, somebody in a place of importance will be talking about you. And the Holy Ghost will put you where you need to be when you need to be there. David wasn't down at the king's palace playing his harp on the front steps hoping somebody would hear him. If you want to share your sermons, God help me. If you want to share your sermons, share them with sinners. I mean, get you some sermons you preach. Take them down there and pass them out to sinners. Say, listen to this. Listen to the Word of God and preach the Word of God to them. But don't give them. I, I shouldn't say I shouldn't say Don't walk around giving them to every preacher wanting them to hear what you got to say. God will do that business. We're not marketers. We're preachers. We're not in the marketing business. We're in the preaching business. I ain't got nothing for sale. I'm not trying to be mean, but I ain't in the marketing business. I ain't trying to sell Jesus. I ain't trying to sell myself. I got a message come from God's Word. And if I study and I pray over it, if God wants me to preach it, He'll put me where I need to be to preach it. David did right long enough and his testimony promoted him. Now, he's got power and he's got promotion. Now he's going to learn how to be little. Both of those things come from God. Come from God in Saul's life, chapter 15. God has a heart to heart with Saul and says, Saul, when thou was little in thine own eyes. He did not say, Saul, when you were little in their eyes. It's all right for people to think you're big. You ought to think he's big. It's all right. Saul's the king. God knows people's going to think Saul's big. He didn't say when you was big or when you was little in their eyes, you was somebody, you you was all right. He said when you was little in your eyes. If you live for God long enough and serve Him, God will make you big in somebody's life. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. Them young men at my church, we'll have a Holy Ghost service, and you know what they'll do, Brother Curtis? Them boys will start coming up on that platform, and they'll get me crying and put their arm around me. and say, Preacher, I love you. And then them grown men will come up here and hold me. I love you. You're my hero. I thank God for you. Boy, I'm going to tell you something. I I can't help it. I'm their preacher. I'm big in their eyes. But I better not be that way in mine. You serve God. He'll make you big in somebody's life. When that was little and I know I saw. David, God has promoted you and made you big. Now it's time for you to learn how to be little. Two things. Two things and I'm done. Here's how God taught David to learn how to be little. Number one, or here's how David learned how to be little. Number one, he did not get too big for the little jobs. He did not get too big for the little jobs. 
Chapter 16, Samuel comes to his house. In the midst of his brethren, pours that anointing oil on him, power is placed on his life. He kills a lion and a bear. Word is taken to the house of Saul. There's a man named David. He's of the house of Jesse. He's cunning as a musician. He can play the harp. He's got a testimony that is out of this world. He is the man you need. Saul says, go get him. The young shepherd boy, Jesse sends word, son, the king of Israel has called you by name. And he wants you to go down there to his palace. And he wants you to play for him. Jesse goes down, or David goes down there and plays. Saul falls in love with David's spirit and his ability and his talent. And the Bible said he makes David his armor bearer. Puts him right by his side. Chapter 16, that is where David is. He is no longer in the field. He is no longer a shepherd. He is at the king's table. He's at the king's house. He's playing music for the king. He's he's feasting on the king's food. He is living in the presence of the king. He is the king's armor bearer. You talk about promotion. It's all right if God promotes you. We're not mad at promotion. I'm not going to put words in your preacher's mouth, but I believe I know him pretty well. He's not upset if God promotes you. Just don't promote yourself. God promotes him. I'm nearly done. I'm hurrying. God promotes him. And he lives in that promotion and that power. Chapter 17, something changes. Saul goes to battle. David's a young man. David does not go to battle with Saul. Saul and Israel goes to battle with the Philistines. And, 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 and I want you to see this. Chapter number, chapter number 17 and, 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 and verse number 15. I'm sorry. Chapter number, uh, chapter number 17 and verse number I'm going to find it here, man. I need you to see it. Yeah, I'm in the wrong chapter, and that's why I ain't found it. Chapter 17, verse 15. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. That's what he did when he was little. That's what he did when nobody knew who he was. That's what he did before he was ever anybody. That's what he did before the power. That's what he did before promotion. But now he's got power. Now he's been promoted. Now he's the king's armor bearer. But God has changed direction in David's life. And you know what David does? He goes back to the little job that he had in the beginning. God may have put his hand on you. God may have poured His power on you. God may have filled you with Holy Ghost unction and power. God may have promoted you, but it may be the will of God to send you back to the father's sheep somewhere to the job you had when you started. And if you're too big for that job, you're already Saul. God can't use you. When I was little in my own eyes. He went back. Okay. It was nice at the king's house. I had a good time. Boy, I love playing my harp. But I still got my harp. And I'm going to sing to these sheep. And play to these sheep. Yeah. Yes, sir. I thought I, thought I was going to stay over there. Looks like God had different plans. But I still got a song. Ain't going to quit singing just because it ain't going the way I thought it was going to. Ain't going to quit serving. Maybe that there's a lion come and a bear come. I'll be ready for them if they do. Here's Here's how you learn to be little. You don't let yourself get too big for the little jobs. You may have started out cleaning a toilet Vacuuming the floor, but now you got a Sunday school class, and now you got a pulpit. Now you, and 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 it ain't gonna hurt you. I still 
Been there 14 years, I'll still vacuum a floor and clean a toilet. Well, I don't like cleaning toilets, but I'll do it if I need to. I can think of a lot of other things I'd rather do. But I don't want to be too big to do it. I'm going to say something else about that little job. <clears throat> look, look in verse number, from chapter number 17, and, uh, and uh, look, in verse number, look in verse number 20, or verse number 17, sorry. Chapter 17 and verse 17. I've only got one more thought after this. Chapter 17, verse 17. And Jesse said unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephah of parched corn. Take for your brethren. These folks who've always been big and you've been little. And now God's put his hand on you in the midst of them. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go round them up some grub. And, and you carry the mailbag full of food down to your brethren. Now Lord, you know how they, how they are to me. They already think I'm nobody. And you want me to carry this down? And here's what Jesse said. Verse number, verse number 17. And these ten loaves, end of the verse, and run to the camp of thy brethren. Run. Not only do I want you to prepare food, not only do I want you to bag it up and carry it down there, they're down there fighting in the battle, you're going to be the, you're going to be the food boy. Yeah, right. I want you to run. Look in verse 22. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army. His daddy told him to run and he still ran. And he'd been at the side of the king. But his preacher, his priest, his father, his authority said, I want you to run and carry some food. He said, all right. Boy, we better be careful we don't get too big for authority. Let me give you this last one. I'll I'll do it quickly and I'm done. Here's how we learn to be little. Don't get too big for the little jobs. But I like this one. Don't let yourself get too big for the little jabs. The little jabs. Look in verse 28 of chapter 17. David shows up where his brethren are in the battle. And he hears Goliath cussing and he begins to inquire and here comes his brother. Verse 28, chapter 17. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. What are even talking to Eliab? And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. Let me ask you a couple questions. Why did it matter if that herd of sheep or flock of sheep was little? David never said it was little. Wasn't little to David. But to Eliab, it was little. And Eliab is mad because God's put his hand on David in the presence of his brethren. Eliab is mad because David's been promoted. He never did get that kind of promotion. And it makes Eliab feel good to put down what God has done in David's life. There's so much in here, ain't there? Let me throw this out there. Don't be upset at your brother's promotion. Don't be mad when God promotes your brother who was behind you. You were before him. That's so good. You were before him. And he got and, and, and he was behind you and he got the promotion. If you'll have the right spirit and the right heart, God may promote him to a point and, he, and he'll bring you along and God will promote you. Right. Don't be no Eliab. Yeah, good Who did you leave those few sheep with? Why do you got to put down what God's done in David's life? Right. Here's another question. Why? Why? Does Eliab say what he says? 
I know your pride. I know. Why in the world are you down here? I know you come down here. I'd pride. won't see what's going on. You pride. Proud thing. Eliab is blaming David for being what Eliab is. Let me ask you a question. Why was David there? He was out there working in the field watching his father's sheep. And Jesse said, David, go get that food and run down there. And David went and got that food and ran down there. Why was David there? Why why was he there, Dylan? Because his father told him to be there. Eliab's not even right. And if any time that David... I'm talking about the man's had the power of God put on him. He's took a lion by the beard and he's killed that lion and the bear in the same day. He, David, has, David has had the power of God. He stood at the right hand of the king and at this point, David could have lashed out at Eliab and said, Eliab, I'm done with your mouth. He could have set him straight. Here's two things David says. He looks at his brother and says, Eliam, what have I now done? What did I do this time? Seems like it's always this way. He says, what have I now done? And he said, is there not a cause? And here's what the Bible said. And David turns from Eliab to another. What Eliab wanted David to do was fight. He wanted him to fight. And if David would have been big, he'd have fought him. But David was not too big for the little jabs. I told you in the beginning, he wasn't going to fight his battles. He'd fight God's. But Eliab could undercut and jab. Eliab knew what he was doing. And the only thing David said, Eliab, is there not a cause? What have I now done? And And the worst thing he could have ever done for Eliab is he turned and he talked to another. You know why you're always fighting with somebody? I'm not talking about fighting God's battles. I'm talking about fighting people. You know why? Because you're too big. And you've got to set them straight on what they think about you. You've got to set them straight. You can't talk to me that way. Don't you know who I am? Could not David had said that? Is there not a cause, Eliam? And he went talk to another. Jab from his, uh, Eliab is his brother. He's part of his brethren. He's his peer. Don't get too big for the little jabs from your peers. Sometimes they may say stuff. And if you're big in your own eyes, you have to be fighting all that. If not, you just turn. Don't be too big for the little jabs. Here's another little jab. Look, look at look in, in verse number uh, look in verse number thirty or verse number forty two. I really am nearly done now. Verse forty two. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained. Here comes David down into the valley. He's gonna fight Goliath. He disdained him, for he was but a youth. He's little. You see that? And ruddy and a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Everybody David's whole life had said, David, you're little. You're the little brother. David, you're the little boy. David, you're the little shepherd. David, you got a little flock of sheep. Don't you reckon that was kind of a sensitive subject? Huh? Ain't it amazing how the enemy knew what to say to David? Hear me, I'm nearly done. The enemy has been, you're not the first one like you. I got news for, I know you think you're the first one ever has been like you. 
You're not that there's been hundreds, there's been thousands, there's been hundreds of thousands of people come down the line that acted just like you, that talked just like you, that thought just like you. You're not the first man like you. Ladies, you're not the first lady like you. The enemy has studied people like you for centuries. He knows what to say to you. To get you to run down into that valley in your own power so he can cut your head off. God help us, y'all got to hear this and I'm done. The enemy wants you to run down in the valley where the Philistine giant is and he'll say what he needs to say to stir up something in you to get you to do it in your own power because if you go against that giant in your own power, he'll kill you. And many have been the individual because they had gotten too big, walked down in a place they had no business being on their own and the enemy killed them. But not David. David walked down there in the power of God and slew his enemy. You know why the enemy talks to you like he does? Because he's trying to get a rise out of you. So you'll try to do something in your own power. He'll tell you stuff like, you know that fellow in church is against you. And that fellow in church ain't against you a bit. But the devil will tell you that way. That way you'll go down there in your own power and try to fix that fellow in the church. Here's what y'all do. Y'all probably ought to pray about that thing for a little while. See if God will fix it. And then if God says, I want you to go down there and take care of that fella, God will tell you that. And you can go do it. I think this last one is the hardest one, though. And I am done. I'm trying not to be a lying preacher. (laughs) Boy, I've had so much liberty, though. Hadn't the Lord helped us? Look in verse number 33. I'm talking about not being too big for the little jobs. Not being too big for the little jabs. He took jabs from his peers. He took jabs from his enemies. And because he didn't think too highly of himself, he allowed himself to take them and go on about his father's business. Here's the hardest jab, most difficult to deal with. Verse 33 of chapter 17. He's killed Goliath. He's killed Goliath. Uh, Not yet in verse 33, but Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and and he a man of war from his youth. He's killed Goliath now. You'd think that little business would people quit talking about that. Saul is David's hero. And he said, David, you can't go down there and kill Goliath. He, you're just but a little fella. You're nobody. And he's, 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 he's from the time he was a little fella, he's been a giant. You can't handle him. Now, now look in verse 55, chapter 17. He's killed this giant, cut his head off. And here comes David, the little David with the, the head of the giant of the Philistines in his hand and he marches up to the, to the camp of the Israelites. There's all of his brethren. There's Saul, his hero. And you know David in his mind is thinking, now they'll get over that business of me being little. Now they'll quit that business of saying, you can't do that. I've got Goliath's head in my hand. Verse 55. And when Saul saw David go forth against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the captain of the host, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, As thou thy soul liveth, O king, I cannot tell. And the king said, Inquire, here's your worse word than youth. Inquire thou whose son the stripling is. And David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine. Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. Saul said to him, whose son art thou? Couldn't he just have ended the question there? Whose son art thou? Whose son art thou? Thou young man. And David answered, I'm the son of thy servant, Jesse, the Bethlehemite. You know what David could have said? You know who I am. 
I stood by your side in the palace and played my instrument for you. If you'd have cared who my daddy was, you'd have asked then. You didn't ask then. You ain't a caring man. If you was a caring man, you'd ask then. I'm going to tell you who I am. I'm the man going to take your place. I'll tell you who I am. I'm the man. That's the reason why the Spirit of God's not on you. Because it's on me that Samuel the prophet poured the oil of the horn on me in the presence of my brethren. I'm the man going to take you down. Could have said that. But David never let himself get too big for the little jabs. He said, I'm your servant and I'll serve you. I'm done preaching. I don't know who you want to come. But can I say something? If you're going to serve God, men, ladies, we're going to have to learn how to be little. Don't let yourself get too big. Or you'll find yourself in trouble. You know David finally did get too big for a little while. There was a time when kings went to battle. David said, you know, I've been battling all this time. I, I got people underneath me who can take care of this battling. I'm going to stay at the house. I'm too big for this battling business. The greatest sin of David's life is when he got too big. What made David great was that David stayed little. If you're going to serve God, we're going to stay little. Well, I appreciate your attention. Let's stand. I'm going to turn it over to the preacher. If God spoke to your heart, would you come tonight? Ask God to help you stay little.